Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today we're going to talk about the secret sauce for your amazing life. Because there is a really, really cool secret sauce. It took me a long time to discover it and invest in it, but throughout my life I have seen um, how it has transformed other people's lives, so I want to share that with you today. Okay, the secret sauce for an amazing life. Let's first talk about balance. Balance is the rhythm of life. When you're living a life in balance, think about it. You're fully awake, alive, you're grateful. You live in wonder. You hear the birds. You feel the wind on your face. When you're in balance, you're in balance with the universe, with nature. But And when we live a life of action, think about this, a fast, hurried life of constant activity, we go from one personal prison to another. On that to-do list, God knows I've got them upstairs. It's not that we don't have time for the important things of life. We just aren't taking time for the important things of life. And the natural rhythm of life means living in balance. Okay, right now, just for a few minutes, let's take a few deep breaths, okay? Inhale to the count of four, slowly, and exhale to the count of four. Okay, let's do it. Feel the balance, feel the restoring, feel the clarity of your brain, okay? These are the teeny little things we can do to return to ourselves. Now your entire body, your mind, your body, and your soul are are in balance right now. It's just beautiful. When you don't live in balance, we break the natural cycle of our life, the natural rhythm, and we're not joined with the Tao, with the greater rhythm of nature and the universe. And balance means a combination of working, you know, I love to work, I hope you love your work, and leisure. But remember, the essential component of a rich, rewarding life is leisure. Leisure, it's a word we don't even hear much anymore, leisure. The definition of leisure is free time. And another definition I found in Webster's is free time for joy. Listen to that, free time for joy. The synonyms for leisure are freedom. Isn't that cool? Freedom. Pause and relaxation. I never knew this before I I, uh, created this podcast today, that the uh, synonym for leisure is freedom. Isn't that cool? Anyway, the opposite of leisure, the antonym of that is work. And another word they use is, an opposite of it, is imprisonment. Isn't that wild? Wow, leisure is freedom. And the opposite word for leisure is imprisonment. Gee, many Christmas. Anyway, please listen to the different meanings for leisure and work. Yes, yes, we were created to be free. The secret sauce of life, it is leisure. Filling up, restoring, nourishing, absorbing life. Living freedom. You and I, we destroy the framework of life and we make life into one eternal, unending day if we don't take a break for leisure. And in this modern lifestyle, the one we're living right now, it's killing us. We take the precious 24 hours a day for granted. 24 hours a day. That's 1,440 minutes a day. That's 86,400 seconds. 
They speed by each day of our life. I want you to imagine time is just like a river, okay? And be on your floaties or be floating in that river. That's what time is, and you're floating away. Your life is flowing on its way to the ocean into eternity, okay? You're in that current. Time is sacred. Time is all we have in life. We need to establish a new respect for time in this hectic virtual reality place that we're living right now. Remember this. Time is the guardian of your life. Isn't that beautiful? Time is the guardian of your life. When I was a professor, I taught about monastic life, and I loved it. I, I taught about um, early, the early church. I also have spent a significant amount of my time in different monasteries. I love monasteries. I think of monasteries like going to Baskin Robbins with 31 flavors. Each one of them are different. You have the Cistercian, you have the Benedictine, then you've got the Buddhist, then you've got the Taoist. You have every, just spiritual monasteries, Taoist. I mean, there's everything in the world and they're all different and it's wonderful. It's like tasting different fruits. But anyway, the one common theme is rhythm. In every single monastery, you're going to have a balanced life you experience in that monastery. That's regulated by the Amma or the Abba, the mother or the father of the monastery. They are in charge of making sure this beautiful, eternal rhythm stays in that monastery. It has a rhythm like an ocean, back and forth, like the sun rising and setting, like the moon ebbing and flowing, and like the four seasons of our life. Time is treated as a sacred treasure. Time is the sacred gift, and, it's, and it measures our life, guys. The framework of all monasteries is based on these daily cycles. I want you to think about this. The first is meditation and prayer. You roll out of bed, meditate, pray, gather yourself. Second is work. Work is considered holy and sacred. Next cycle of your day is reading, because how else can your brain and soul grow unless you read? Leisure is the next. Leisure, your own personal playtime or introspective or reflective time. And then... The fifth is service, serve, serving others, serving the world. Each of these is considered holy and sacred and essential for a balanced and meaningful life. The time, the minutes, the hours, the seconds of your day have a rhythm, like a song. I love staying in my favorite monasteries from time to time. It always resets my thermostat. In this hectic, media-driven, work-driven news cycle 24 hours a day, news-driven cycle world we live in each day, each week, each month, each year, little by little. Important parts of us are drying up. And you know what? We really know it. We know parts of us are evaporating or dying within our souls. We feel it. We know it. Living can become a numbing rather than an enlivening experience, okay? Opposites, numbing, just to get through the day instead of enlivening. Instead of, instead of feeling alive and more alive with each breath. The ancients actually called leisure holy leisure, sacred leisure. Leisure wasn't a luxury at all. It wasn't a luxury. It was sacred. It was a critical part of our human infrastructure. Leisure is the oxygen of our mind, bodies, and souls. We really can't flourish or live without it. We're nourished, fed, and healed by leisure. So leisure is the secret to our genius. Looking into the sky, watching the stars, watching the clouds float by in the sky. Witnessing the spectacular sunsets as the sun sets and you say goodbye to your day. The sunrise, good morning, say good morning. The sun waking you up to a new day of infinite possibilities. Being one with the birds, singing, 
flowers displaying their magic beauty. I was watching uh, the Today Show the other day, and Alice Waters was on, and she started the slow food movement decades ago. And it was cool that she said, we are sensorily, our senses, our five senses, are being deprived daily by our fast working ethic in the world. We breathe fast, we walk fast, we talk fast, we eat fast. She believes that food can teach us about the power of slowing down and experience the power of our senses. She says it can help us experience leisure, tap back into our human roots. Alice says we wake up when we experience leisure. She says resting is considered wasteful in our culture, but it's the true essence of a meaningful, rich, and happy life. And you know, this fast life feeds our loneliness. When we work all the time and we don't take time to fill up with leisure, we really experience a deep, profound soul loneliness. Leisure fills our soul and completes us. We're living in a pandemic of loneliness around the world. The British healthcare system has named loneliness as a primary factor for all disease and death. Your own genius is birthed, seated in the womb of leisure. Let me share a couple people that I know who became, one became a Nobel Prize winner, and the other was number 12. He became number 12 in the list of top 100 geniuses that ever lived on the planet Earth, okay? And I was... So blessed, and am so blessed to have known and know these people. They lived incredible lives because they invested much of their time, much of their life in leisure. The first one is David. He won the Nobel Prize in physics. And he tells this beautiful story about growing up as a little kid up in snow country, up in, up in Minnesota, Wisconsin area, and loving his family, taking him out with his diaper to pick up the mail, to pick up uh, the newspaper daily, to say hi to your neighbor. And they just exposed him to the elements outside, whether it was snow, rain, storms, wind, you know, winter, summer, the natural world. So he became one with his natural elements. They invested so much of their family time in leisure. When he tells his story of his childhood, he's glowing. I'm not kidding. It is, he is absolutely glowing. It is the most beautiful thing you have ever seen. And so I'll never, I mean, I'll never forget first meeting him. I've known him for years now. And the glow of him talking about the curiosity, constant questions about nature in the universe. He'd ask his parents as they'd roll around in the grass or the snow and look at the stars on a winter night, lay in the snow and look up at the stars. So he credits his family's love of leisure time, discovery time, creative time, to their belief that genius is the seed within each of us and is nourished by this creative time. He talks about like 20, 30,000 experience, experiments excuse me, before he discovered this unbelievable experiment in physics, this this unbelievable thing that had never been known before. That's why he won the Nobel Prize. And so somebody asked him, how come you didn't get depressed or whatever, uh, you know, 30,000, 25,000 experiments and, and you kept going each time? He said, are you kidding? Each one got me more excited. He said, it's like a snowfall. You don't get depressed when the snow starts melting. You know it's going to happen again. The sun's going to rise. The moon's going to rise. It's going to rain again. The clouds are going to go across the sky. The leaves are going to fall. He said, that's how I looked at experiments. Do you see? Do you see how leisure teaches us how to keep in the rhythm of life and keep recreating? He didn't look at anything as a loss. Now, do you see how what leisure created a Nobel Prize? 
And I could go on and tell you uh, almost every Nobel Prize winner was invested and seated in leisure. Next, one of the greatest men's and greatest souls I've ever met in my life. I was on a late Delta flight. I'd given a whole, I'd come back from Paris and I'd given a huge series of, of uh, lectures over there. I was exhausted. I popped down in business class and there was a man sitting behind, beside me, excuse me, this tender sweet, you should have seen his hands. And um, the flight attendant went by and he, all of a sudden I noticed when she asked us what we wanted to drink and he said hot tea. She put the tea down and I saw him feel it and I saw the steam coming off and I noticed he was blind. And I was terrified because we hit a little turbulence. I was terrified he was going to burn himself. So I touched his hand and said, please, this tea is burning hot. Can I, can I please let me help you? And he said, oh, please. Yeah. He was the sweetest guy. No, sure. Help me. Help me. Yeah, I'm blind. So we started talking, and I fell in love with this ancient old. He was very old, very tender, very wrinkled. So I asked him if he'd been blind his entire life, if he had a disease, if he was involved in an accident. Um, if you've known any part of me, whether it's through podcast or knowing me personally or my work, I love people. I'm fascinated with them. So I, I'm always asking questions of great curiosity. I've been that way my entire life. So anyway, he told me he became blind after living a glorious, exciting, he said, an unbelievable life, chase, chasing, excuse me, light. He said, I've been chasing light my entire life. I've been in love with light since I was a little kid. I sat spellbound, just absolutely smiling, looking at him. And he told me this beautiful, beautiful story of his life. And when he told this, I'll never forget it, that instead of reciting a story, he, he was touching my hand, and he told it like it was a love poem. It was so tender, so reverent, his remembrance of his childhood, so loving. He said, I was born in Persia, and you know, it's Iran. And he said, he and his grandfather, his grandfather held his hand every day. They went for little walks, but every night after dinner, he lived in an apartment building, and he and his grandfather would head up the stairs, and go. they'd go to the roof of his apartment building, and they would lay down on the roof every night that they could, almost every night, and look at the stars. He said they, his grandfather would point, and they giggled, and they laughed, and they just loved each other, and they, he fell in love with light. He fell in love with the stars. He became fascinated with the light of the stars. He fell in love with that light emanating from the stars. And he said, I asked question after question after question. And my grandfather would belly laugh at me. And he would go, Ali, it's, so, it's okay. I don't know these questions. But there are answers everywhere. Just keep asking them. Just keep asking them. Follow the light, my darling. And he became obsessed with light. And they later... As he grew and got older, he became mesmerized by atoms and waves. And when he was even talking to them with me, talking about atoms and waves and particles and light, he acted like a lover making love with someone. I'm telling you, to this moment, me talking about him, I'll never forget it as long as I live. But anyway, then he talked about coming to the United States on a scholarship, and he worked at MIT and other research centers. And he actually eventually discovered the laser in December the 12th of 1960, this man, this man, this man who followed light, who, who his leisurely life of, of lying on the roof of an apartment building led him to discover the laser. And let me tell you, 
he has been ranked number 12, number 12, on the list of the top 100 living geniuses ever inhabiting the planet Earth. Number 12 in the list of 100. So see what leisure creates, guys? See what it creates? Spending those hours with him on that Delta flight will always be one of the most sacred, tender experiences of my life. I'll never forget it. And right now I'm almost crying thinking about him. Um, what an amazing soul. Um, he's not, well, he's not physically with us anymore. He'll always be in the stars. Every time I look at the stars, I smile and wink at him. Anyway, I was born and lived in a, in a very work ethic family, culture and society. When I was a child growing up in Ohio, we lived on a farm. Work was just what you did. Work was the core of one's life, work and, and then some family time. And, and any talk of daily leisure would have brought up laughter or ridicule. Seriously, it was always feeding an animal, working hard, and it was just the most prized concept in the world. Um, and, and again, after 12 hours of work, uh, you know, you are exhausted. So leisure was not considered anything, anything but a luxury. But much later in life, I learned leisure enlightens us. Wisdom is born in leisure. Creativity is born in leisure. Um, when you practice leisure, remember that definition? It is freedom. It's the one thing that invites you to reflect your life, your work. You reflect on your family. You reflect on the society we all live in. Leisure invites you to deeply listen to your life in a new way. Listen to your heart. And leisure invites you to look for signs and symbols that are guiding you. You know, sometimes when I'm sitting under the big tree in our front yard and, and the leaves look like a, like an ancient woman or an old sage's hair. And I'll see a bird fly in and start to sing to me. I take that as a sign or a symbol and I listen to her. I, the, at leisure helps you. It helps you become aware of the signs and symbols that are sent here to guide us through our lives. When I was at Emory and subsequently at Columbia many years ago, I had a very enlightening and shocking wake-up call when I started learning about the holiness and sacredness and the critical nature of leisure for all human beings. And I researched the power of leisure when I wrote about the action-reflection model. Okay, it's called the action-slash-reflection model in my dissertation, in my doctoral dissertation many years ago. When you spend time in reflection, okay, when you spend time in reflection, it's amazing what happens with that. We call it the discernment process. You look within and you have a new sense of yourself and your life experiences. When you spend time in discernment, reflection, leisure, you choose more creative and effective actions. So I want you to think about it like one, like figure eight laying sideways. One feeds the other like the eternity symbol. So you have leisure and you self-reflect on your life and then you say, oh, I'm going to take these actions. I'm going to plan this or I'm going to start a new job or I'm going to write a screenplay or I'm going to write a poem or I'm going to change something about my physical body. And then you go out and do the action. You write that screenplay. You write a poem. You, you get a new job. Whatever you do, the action. Then you come back to leisure and you reflect on it. That's what the action reflection model is. All and I mean all important innovators, inventors, creators, spiritual leaders, all practice the action reflection model. Every one of them. Look at the prophet Jesus, always going to the mountain alone to reflect, going on long walks by himself. He reflected, what am I doing? What are these 12 guys doing hanging around me? Hanging around me? Am I going to go to Nazareth? Was that effective, what I said? Was that parable I said? Do you think it really, action reflection and also connecting with, with the source. 
the source, the source of life, the source of energy, because this world will turn you sideways and can beat you down. You have to go to that source. Leisure allows you to do that. Mahatma Gandhi, look at the salt march, other marches, look at his life, always action reflection. He would go back to the ashram. He would meet with his people, watch the movie Gandhi. The reflection piece was the biggest part of his life. But many of us, when we study about Gandhi or Jesus or Martin Luther King Jr., all we see is the action part. But the reflection part is where the seeds were planted, where the reflection after these marches, did it work? Did it not? What can we do better on our next social justice movement? Martin Luther King, Selma, the march, all of these people, all the movements in the world that changed human history, action, reflection. We're not taught that. We are taught go, action, action, action. No, it will spin you out. It is not a sustainable movement. It will not create social change. It will not create change in your life. It's the reflection piece. Reflection is the key element. Remember, the secret sauce for your amazing life. We see the action, right? We see the action, but it's the action, okay? It's the reflection, contemplation, discernment that seeds this action. It's the overarching element to the action, okay? It's the taproot is the leisure. So let's talk about leisure is essential for stability in your life. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, guys. Food, clothing, shelter. Stability. We must feel, when I see clients, patients, and this is the basis of psychology, spirituality, stability is the root of human development. Okay? If we don't have stability as a child, if we don't have some source of stability within ourselves, we cannot move forward in a very effective way. Stability is a critical root in monasticism. And it's nourished and rooted by leisure. Think about it. You go out into the world, but constantly return to your spring, your spring of water. Think about a spring bubbling up from the earth, your source of energy, your stable, strong roots through leisure. Okay? Taking time for leisure, rest, and play is not a luxury. It's not a luxury. Please drill that into your head. Leisure is essential. You have to schedule time to be disconnected, okay? It's not going to happen. It's a discipline. It is a discipline. I have timers on my, on my phone. I make myself stop. I love what I do so much. I can just do it, I swear to God, till I fall over asleep. I, it's a discipline. Just like I have breathing times during the day set up on my timer, I have absolutely leisure time. You're like an engine, okay, with all the working parts, but leisure is your fuel for that engine. It's the gasoline. It's the oil. If you don't play and rest, the engine will blow up or it's going to stop, just like your car will. Time off gives you a chance to evaluate your work. Look at all great leaders. They know how to go and have reflection time. Think of like the president, Camp David. Everybody's got their place to get away to. Work becomes more meaningful and has more purpose when we take regular regular breaks to play and rest and have leisure. When you take time away from your work, your work ceases to define you. I want you to think about that. Too many of us, our work defines who we are. Artificial measures of your status fall away. No matter what purse you're carrying, what you're doing, what dress you're wearing, what car you're driving, it falls away. As you realize we share common spaces, we are all from walks of life, but we're one human family. When you take time to contemplate your work, you readjust the way that you feel in life. Your internal compass of your life changes. Let me tell you something. 
I've been here many decades, and over time, there will be health consequences if you don't take leisure. Chronic stress leads to aggression, pessimism, lack of memory, no creativity, lack of productivity. All these affect your mental and physical health. And not only that, it affects if somebody's going to fall in love with you or stay with you or your family or your coworkers or your neighbors. It's going to affect everything in your life. Many times we devalue and dismiss our need for unstructured time because our culture encourages us to do be doers and builders, not dreamers and reflectors. I'm going to, I'm going to say that one more time. Unstructured time is not valued because our culture encourages us to be doers and builders not dreamers and reflectors. Productivity and self-sacrifice are rewarded, but reflection and renewal are discouraged. I'm telling you, when you stop to explore your role in the big picture of life, the big picture, you renew your energy and your connection to the divine. Leisure engages your heart and stretches your soul, okay? We often think leisure as a time to escape from life, but true leisure really will pull you deeper into your own life by allowing you time for dreaming, for dreaming, for playing, okay? All the roots of your creative acts, okay? It's essential for you. And we're really in trouble in our world. A third of us take working vacations. We work all the time. And when we go on vacations, third, a third to, to half of us check our email, check back in the office, Okay, and 60% of us, 60% of us just postpone or shorten vacations because, because we're afraid of the workload when we, when we come back to work. Okay, so, but it's essential for the family. Research shows that family leisure addresses our need for stability and it makes the family glue. Leisure time makes the family glue. It addresses our family's need for change, okay? Most individuals, when asked to think about your fondest memory of your childhood, we, 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 we think about the leisure time we spent together. We remember family picnics. We remember being in the water, swimming, walks. We remember holidays, right? We remember those times together. Family leisure is common, everyday, low-cost, accessible time together when we're woven together. Things like even watching your favorite TV show or videos together, playing board games, walking, shooting baskets in, in your driveway, gardening, you know, playing in the leaves once you pile them up and rake them together. Okay, core family leisure patterns. They don't require big planning. They don't require lots of money. Some, they can be spontaneous, guys, but they need to be planned, too. You need to make sure every day you, you parents go to bed at night. Every, also, I want you to think about if you don't have children and you're, just, and you're a couple, are you playing? If you're, if you're in the older age group of your life, like me, Jim and I, we, he loves being a physician. He loves his patients. He loves working. We have to actually plan and work. I'm very serious on leisure because we just love to work and it's terrible. So now let's talk about some ways that you can invest in your leisure time. Okay. Invest in it. Remember we talked about that first. Remember we talked about that rhythm of the monastery. You could incorporate this rhythm into your own busy life. I did. I left the monasteries and I said, there is no way these people are just too happy. They live too long. So I know that we can incorporate it into our life. 
So if I can do it, anybody can. Okay, little fast-paced, little, I don't want to say workaholic. I do. It's been a struggle my whole life because I love to work and I have lots of energy, so I need to slow down. My life and relationships have been incredible since I've done this. And I want you to maybe, I swear, I've just had a magical life. I want you to have one, okay? I've created a very happy and meaningful life for myself and my family, my work, and also my companies. And I hope I've set an example for my family and friends and coworkers. You need to too, okay? Be a leader in this movement. Now, remember the five parts of the rhythm? Number one is prayer and meditation. I don't care. Go to our med- Go to the meditation room at the Mindful Living Network. Go to Gaia. Go to Calm App. I don't care where you go. Slow down five to ten minutes a day. Prayer, pray and meditate. Next, work. Okay? Work is holy. Don't try to get out of work. If you hate going to work every day, you need to change what you do. Okay, and this cycle, will, remember, leisure will help you find out what you love. Work, 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 holy, sacred. Next, leisure, reflective time. you got to schedule that in too. Leisure time, leisure time. Next is reading. How are you going to change your mind or the way you think about the world or change your brain if you don't read something? Read inspirational. I love to read about presidents, people that have lost, fell down 40 times and got up 41. I want to know how they did it. I want to know how they're resilient. Read, read, read. It is one of the greatest gifts you will ever give to you, to your kids, your family. Read. And also work your coworkers. When you come in and go, hey, did you read this about Ulysses S. Grant? Or did you read this about Mother Teresa? Okay, read. And last but not least, the fifth is service. Serve, serve, serve. Serve your community. Serve others. Services is the gift of life, okay? It's the cream and sugar in your tea or coffee. Um, next, take a restorative nap. Okay, this is number two. Okay, I can't. I come from a napping family, even if it's five minutes pulling over the side of the road. Okay, we had this every day at my home. My Everybody worked. We worked like dogs, but I will tell you, I remember my grandfather, grandmother, they had a dairy, okay? A working dairy. Gee, many Christmas. Talk about hard work. But everybody unplugged for a few minutes a day for a nap or quiet time. I did this at our house. Uh, the kids went to their bedrooms 20 minutes a day. I did it 10 to 20 minutes a day. Jim and I went to the bedroom. The kids went to the bedroom. I didn't care what they did, but we unplugged for 20 minutes a day. And I'm telling you, I didn't care if they laid supine in their bed, but it allows your brain to be want free. Remember freedom and to wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, and, and to wonder, W-A-N-D-E-R. Wonder, wonder. And listen, Go on next, go online and find local opportunities for fun and rest. There's all kinds of gatherings on the weekend, all kinds of festivals, dogwood festivals, food festivals. Go to those things. They're amazing. There's all kinds of things going on every month of the year, every season of the year. Go, go out and explore. And don't forget to go to your state and, and national parks. Go get rest. Plan your leisure. Get out. Research shows these healthy, life-giving practices really do, really do create productivity and creativity. Okay, guided imagery. Sit there for five or ten minutes and do a guided imagery. Visit someplace you've never visited before. Uh, in your mind, play. Do guided imagery. Um, nature, ecotherapy. Watch and listen to birds sing. Watch, I'm telling you, I sit there and watch birds sing and I almost cry. Watch the clouds. Listen to running water. The woman next to us just put in a whole water fountain in her backyard. I'm telling you, it's like going to heaven every single afternoon. Sit under a wise old tree and listen to it or talk to it. Walk into a park and absorb the beauty, okay? Get out there. That's what nature and ecotherapy for, is for, are for. Discover you. 
Go to leisure spots that renew you. A botanical garden, we've got a great one in Atlanta. Go to a museum. Go to your backyard. And don't forget to play. Play, 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 play. Play restores your youthfulness. Play like a child. Dance around. Laugh. Play some music. Get up, dance, sing. Singing changes the whole brain when you start singing. Go on to Gaia.com. Do some yoga uh, out under a tree. Do it on your porch. Do it with your door closed. Go for a walk. Walking I, I, walking changes my life. I walk every day. Play with your pet. Do I love my pets? Of course. If you know me, you know how much I love my animals. I, I love animals, and I don't want to live without them. Um, so as we close, I want you to think about this. Ask yourself, am I playful? Am I doing leisure? And if I'm not, why not? How do I feel about leisure time? Does it make me feel guilty? Does it scare me to think stop and not do anything? Uh, is me working or being busy all the time just distracting me? Okay. How do you feel about leisure? How can I, in the next, how can I bring more leisure time into my life? Ask yourself. And then I want you to tell yourself this. I discover me. I discover new energy when I play and when I rest. I'm discovering who I really am. And then I want you to give yourself, give yourself scheduled leisure time every day, every week, alone leisure time, leisure time with your family, your partner, okay? Scheduled leisure time each day and each week. And then don't forget a nice restorative nap and then carefree playtime with yourself and with the people you love. So that is the secret sauce for an amazing life. I can... Uh, I'm going on, gosh, many, many decades. I'm approaching a new decade, and I promise you this, it works. So, go to the Mindful Living Network. Share your experiences with us. Let me know if you have a program, something you want to say, you want to do a podcast with me. I don't know. Just contact me at contact. Uh, click on the contact and write me a note. Uh, and again, we are the Mindful Living Network. Uh, one people, one planet, one future is not just our tagline. It's what we do. It's who we are. Please come visit us. I love our meditation room. We put up some new meditations this week. Very cool. And we have a great newsletter. Please sign up for it. It's cool. I write it myself. Uh, and of course, I love it or I wouldn't put things in it. Remember, it's our world. Let's hold our hearts and hands and, and together and heal ourselves and our world. Please share us with your friends and your family and community. We need to do it together. We can't do this by ourselves, okay? And again, contact me at mindfullivingnetwork.com or our, O-U-R-M-L-N.com. And we also have a MLN, a Mindful Living Network app. Uh, you can get it at any app store. And it's got great stress tips. It's got the meditation room. We have the mindful moment each day, so that's cool too. And please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so the secret sauce for an amazing life. And this has been The Way I See It. I am Dr. Kathleen Hall. Thanks for joining us today.